So, uh, <clears throat> you guys ever heard of the frogs? The I have frogs heard of the frogs that turned gay. I, I, I have heard of the frogs. I'll have you know, I'm, I'm unfortunately patient zero. They're conducting right. research on me. All right. Jimmy, I want you to pull up one of the frogs. Back screen. Out of fucking pictures of frogs, whatever. They turned gay. All of them. God damn it. All Earth of them? is going to have no frogs. Two years. Two years. That's all it's going to take. They're all going to be dead. Oh, no, no, no. Yep. This, has, some, this has to be the work of somebody. Somebody. Who, who would hate Who would hate frogs the most? That's a good thing. Mm. It's a good thing I'm eating my super anti-gay juice. I'm trying to figure so out who, who would they keep who you would, straight. How how would the frogs turn gay? How do they turn gay? It's because they didn't have my super anti-gay Chex Mix snack mix savory flavor. Ah, oh, damn. Where can we pick that up? You can pick it up at any store in the planet because. I am the most famous person on earth. I am Hobogan. No way. Not QAnon. Welcome to So You Think You Can QAnon, the conspiracy theory episode where we talk about any kind of random conspiracy theories that people peddle, people believe, either widely, narrowly, broadly, deeply, shallowly, doesn't matter. Any kind of variety. Anybody even related to them isn't safe from our conversation. Strap yourselves in. Have a little fun. We're just gonna talk about it. Oh wait, no hold, on, here. hold on, hold on, hold hmm? on. Before hmm? we be- before we begin, make sure you have your tinfoil caps on. My tinfoil hat is on. It's mine has been on ever since the. Uh, the Don't let your started. FBI agents uh, be listening in. Yep. If you see somebody glowing in the dark, if you see somebody glowing in the dark, make sure you hit them with your car. And the the CIA is not sending me any directed penile uh, responses either. No directed erectile stimulus. Nope. None and here. It, nope. If ever in the middle of the night you wake up and there is a child with black eyes outside of your door, that is not Jimothy. That is somebody trying to steal your soul. Yeah. What you got to do is you got to eat. You got to take some super male fights. <laughs> 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 Pick some Viagra. Ah, <laughs> oh, mm. all right. Uh, there, there's so many conspiracy theories out there, you know. Like, there's so many. There's, there's so, the Illuminati so, so many. and like flat Earth, like just the flat lizard Earth men. Is the big one. Flat Earth the, is the big one. Do we want to li- start with that one, Sergio? Um, yeah, we could talk a little bit about flat Earth since I think me and Matt are the are the the certified experts on flat Earthers and their nonsense. <laughs> I met one in person in Harvard Square. I'm sorry, you met someone in Harvard Square who believed that the Earth was flat. Yeah, he was really proud of it too. He was like talking to everybody who went by. He was like, "The Earth is flat." He had a long fucking beard, scraggly hair. He looked like a flat earther no offense to people who believe in flat earth if you're listening to this and you're instantly no, full turned offense off. full offense okay uh, it's it's the definition of a conspiracy theory when you get right down to it i know it's technically related to science and it's a it's a, a theory of some kind but I think as Sergio and I are going to get into, it really predicates its entire existence upon there being a conspiracy theory of the entire world covering up the existence of a flat Earth. Big globe, I believe, is the uh, the entity yeah. they call it. 
Yeah, the big globe. So first, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna preface with a little history lesson. Okay, so Matt didn't go to go go to um real school, uh, but Michael did, and I, I did, and and my, Michael will pro- both of you will probably know what I'm talking about. Raise your metaphorical hand if you were told that Christopher Columbus sailed to prove that the Earth wasn't flat. Uh, I was just told that he was going to find a way to go around to get spices. I was also told, I was told both. I was told both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was trying to find a way to India, but he wanted to go, you know, west. And they told him, no, you'll fall off the earth. Because I was told that. Because that was the, uh, that was what I was taught in elementary school. And this is a myth. It is a flat myth. We've known the earth is round since like 600 BC. Those are good points to make. The reason that belief persisted for so long, people, as historians theorize, the the reason that idea that people believed the Earth was flat persisted for so long is because it was derogatory. You would say, oh, that other country is so stupid, they don't know the Earth is round. But as Sergio stated, people have really definitively known it's been around for thousands of years. And it's really interesting, actually. You can see it very simply. You just look at the horizon as a ship is going very far away on a totally clear day, and it always disappears bottom first. Never does the sail go first. Never does the whole thing fade away. It's always the bottom first. Yes, and... Um, while, while we do have like really ancient, um, depictions of the earth as like a disc and whatnot, um, 323 BC, the classical period, they knew it was round. Uh, Erastathenes, a, uh, a Greek philosopher, um, and mathematician, uh, made a calculation to calculate the curvature of the earth. And it was mm-hmm. separately in China. They came to the, they, they, they figured out the exact same calculation. Yeah. Using shadows and trigonometry. They got actually pretty close to the circumference of the earth they were they did the scientific method they were like okay let's try the calculation if the earth is flat and if it was round and you know what they found the the flat gave them ridiculous values Mm -hmm. yep also someone calculated the circumference of the earth as as we mentioned within five percent of its real value all he did was tell his slaves to go put a stick in one place and a stick in the other, and he me- and he and he and he measured it. He did shadows and angles and all that, and found out the mm-hmm. Earth was round. Yep, using a known distance between two sticks on the equinox, when the shadows would be aligned, they measured the difference at the same time between the shadows of the two sticks, and using that and some trigonometry, they uh, they figured it out. Very impressive at the time. Very, very, very impressive. Very clever, I should say. So I know we're like going through debunking flat earth, but I need to know, like I genuinely need to know, and especially for the viewers, what the fuck is flat earth and what is their evidence to to say that the earth is flat? Okay, so let's walk through some basic flat earth beliefs uh, because this this is more of a, literally flat earth is a like 19th to 21st century idea like idea it sounds weird to say but literally before like you know the industrial revolution everyone was just fine believing the earth was round well if you were educated you knew the earth was round if you weren't educated you probably had no fucking idea Mm -hmm. but of anybody who was in an educated sphere on honestly today if you're in an educated sphere you know the earth is round but 
realistically, yes, Sergio's right. It's it's more of a 19th, 20th century, quote unquote, theory where it has evolved. And I, I will make a, a, a side mention, since we're going to talk about these two in tandem, I'm sure. Uh, the moon landing being fake is very much adjacent to this. It's very, yes. very, very adjacent to this. B- because as you will find, a lot of things defeat this argument, uh, including going into space and some other things. So basically... Okay, I want you to imagine the Earth is a, is a flat di- it's a flat disk. Like like think of like a map where like the Earth has been squished down onto it. The sun, uh which is round, uh orbits around the disk. The planets also move around the sun. The, the all the planets are round. All, all of them are round. Mars, Venus, Neptune, Jupiter, Pluto, Mercury all round, but Earth yes. is and, flat. And the sun the sun actually doesn't orbit around the disk. It hovers above the disk. It just hovers perfectly above it in a circular motion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it circles around. And this is why we have night and day. This has a lot of problems. Uh, I've heard a flat earther refer to the sun as a point light. Uh, in their model, the sun's light just stops arbitrarily. Light doesn't work like that. Yes, and it also literally can't work like that based on how we view the sun. Like, it's always a perfect sphere going over the horizon. It never fades into, like, a semicircle. So already, it's, it doesn't make sense. One, mm-hmm. one simulation I saw had Australia basically just being in nighttime all the, all the way, or it's, they, certain areas would just always be daytime or always be nighttime. That's one issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, now for the moon. Some flat earthers believe the moon is a projection, uh, it's not real, or I think it it also orbits above the the thing, the, because the, like the, the moon also is a big shot in their, their argument. Now you're probably wondering, Michael, what's at the edge of the, uh, the, of the flat yeah, earth? Yeah, I mean, so I'm, I'm, I'm getting this idea, right? I'm yes. like, I'm looking at maps, I'm trying to understand it. There's a lot of different prevailing like depictions of this flat earth. Yes. Uh, some of them have a have a dome. Yeah, some of them there's a don't. dome. And uh then there's others that like the sun and the moon like rotate. So it's like picture like two circles, right? One on, yes. one's on the x-axis and the others like on the z-axis, I believe, which would be like if if you're facing it if it was flat earth it'd be like you just see like the flat like line of earth and then you just see a big circle around it. And like there's the moon and the sun that they just they just go around it in like a in a synchronized motion, which yep um, just I don't know about you but no like reason. okay but how does how does lunar eclipses happen like how do how do eclipses happen? That's a great point. If a lunar eclipse can happen, then that must mean, of course, a lunar eclipse. The sun is behind the moon. And then how does a solar eclipse happen? Same reason. So. So, so Michael, I'm gonna have to blow your brain right now. So, there is an entity uh, that the the flat Earth called the world government. The yes. world government oh, does the not want thing. you d- does not want you to know about the flat Earth. And so, so, so around the disc is Antarctica. It's a big ice wall, like like you know you know Game of Thrones and like the big like wall of ice that they keep the White Walkers out with. There's one of those. If you get close enough, you get too close to the ice wall and find out the truth. They will shoot you. No one's ever been Damn. to Antarctica. They shoot anybody. 
Now, I have another I have another question, Link. Hold on. I was going to say, I'm assuming the world government has existed for all time, and they just shoot, and like, any caveman who hopped on a raft and was like, oh, what's that cool ice place? He just got shot by a gun. I don't know. Maybe they had a bow. I don't know. The world government don't have advanced technology. I don't know. Yeah. Well, why, why do you think the, okay. the Inuit didn't take over the world? It's because they all got shot by the world government. Now, I need to ask another question. Um, yes. If, if the Earth is round, like you supposedly say it is, uh, my my argument is is uh, Felix's Red Bull space jump. He ascended twenty three miles, mm-hmm. which took about two and a half hours. He launched from New Mexico and landed in New Mexico, fifty five miles away. Did like the Earth forget to spin or something? Yeah, propaganda. Yeah, sure. This is also <laughs> an- another thing. F- flat Earthers. Um. Oh, also, when a flat Earther was asked what happens if you pass the ice wall, they said. Have you ever played Pac-Man and you end up on the other side? That's what would happen. You just teleport to the other side. It's like a JRPG on the SNES. You go on well, one side to pop out the other. Is, this is stuff where they just um they start making shit up when this happens because the yeah. problem is once once you go over the edge, all their theories collapse because there's no agreement at all because there's no underlying scientific basis for any of this. The concept well, of gravity itself is explained away by the disc just magically accelerating upwards by 9.8 meters per second squared. There is no energy source. The the disc is an elevator. So so th- they believe so so gravity. Okay, so so how gravity works is that when you drop something, it accelerates at 9.8 meters per second all the time. Yeah. So th- what they say yeah. is that the disc is accelerating upwards at 9.8 uh, meters per second. And when you throw something up, it falls because it takes some time for the disc to keep to catch up with it. One of the one of the mm, issues to yes. this, besides oh, this being okay. ridiculous, mm. is that you may be asking, wait, but wouldn't the Earth accelerate to the speed of light, which no object can go faster than it? Yes. They are aware yep. of this. They are more than aware of this, and they just did some kind of hand. Well, well, no, they gave an actual scientific explanation for this. Objects with mass cannot hit the speed of light. Only light can go the speed of light because it doesn't have any mass. So, so they are correct in the assumption that the Earth could never speed up to the speed of light, but it would get damn close. And the thing is, like, this isn't. Oh, it, it, it's so far in the future that this will be a problem. It doesn't matter. No. It literally would take less than 30 years for the Earth, if it accelerated constantly at 9.8 meters per second, to hit the speed of light. Yeah. It, it would not take long. We would have hit the speed of light long, long, long time ago. But okay. anyways, well, to, to get to the... Cons- what were you saying? I was going to say, uh, another counterpoint. I want to I wanna bring this up because I, th- I thought it was funny. All right? Now yes, hear me out. Yes. Yes. How a compass works. On a globe, you can't cut through the Earth to point to the magnetic north, yeah. right? It doesn't make any sense. But on a flat Earth, you hold the compass flat and the points straight to the magnetic north. It does make sense. See, running around your neighborhood doesn't make your neighborhood round. Well, interestingly enough, actually, thinking back on something else, there are actually um, 3D compasses that some people have tried to make, and they have varying levels of success because of just how hard it is to make a 3D compass, but eh, it works. That is, I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't know 3D compasses were a thing. 
I, they might be props that I'm thinking of, but I think a 3D company. An- another cool. thing to also note is NASA. NASA, huh. NASA in their mind is the, the the head of the conspiracy. I've even heard uh, truth, obviously, that um, NASA is actually a scheme by uh, Nazi scientists who were brought over to America in Operation Paperclip to fool us with their with their globe nonsense. Of uh, you know, everything, not everything uh, NASA makes is. Uh, uh, it's fake. It's propaganda. It's all uh, funded by the Nazis. It's all funded by the Nazis and something, something Hitler living in Antarctica. Airplane companies also are fooling you by flying in the incorrect flight paths to keep the illusion, which is a problem in itself. Because if yes, totally disregard, totally disregard the actual times that you can measure on the planes. If we lived on a flat Earth. Because think about capitalism for a second. Are you going to waste all that gas not flying the most efficient way if the Earth is flat? Yeah, that's the that's the most annoying thing about the whole conspiracy theory. Like, okay, it's funny for like a little while, but like, why? But why? There's no point. It's a D-tier conspiracy theory because there's no compelling argument as to why people would want it to be a flat Earth. And literally anytime I've heard somebody talk about it for more than 10 minutes, they lose intrigue. Like, if you turned it into a book, it would be the most boring fucking book imaginable. You know, that actually reminds me. Um, I was... Because I, 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 I brought up a lot of things specifically about Flat Earth, but there is actually a Netflix documentary called Behind the Curve. I highly recommend it. That just oh. explores Flat Earth. It's Earthers. so fucking funny. Because I will... It is really funny, but I will say one thing. Uh, you are correct. It is boring as fuck. I actually had to stop it 30, I want to say 30 minutes in, because I was like, okay, this has to be going on for like an hour now, and I checked. I yeah, like, what the, the, the fuck, funniest dude? thing is that they prove the yeah, Earth is round, and it, no they, they do. Are you kidding me? That's the thing that they just do? One of their experiments. Mm-hmm. Basically what they do is that they, they hold a flashlight up, uh, th- so they, they make a cardboard thing, they shine a flashlight through a hole, and they make another one and put it like 200 feet away. Now, if we are on a round Earth, they won't match up because the because of the curve, right? But on a flat Earth, they would go one to one. Yeah, it doesn't go in the ho- this the hole. It's 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 above it. And and they 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 do what they usually do when they're confronted with evidence. Like, ah, oh, there must be something with the experiment. Ah, the lizard people, big globe. big globe. Yeah, they always say that there's something wrong with the experiment. It's really funny because I actually have more respect for people who are hunting for Bigfoot than I do anybody who's a flat Earth enthusiast. <laughs> because at least if you're actively hunting for Bigfoot in the woods, you're actually getting outdoors somewhere. You're probably with your <laughs> buds just grass. Hunting, just come camping in the woods, <laughs> touching grass with your ass. Well, to be fair, here's the thing, right? Uh, you can make a pretty good story out of trying to find Bigfoot. There's, oh, yeah, there's, there's, fa- you know, there's yeah, phenomenal there's like, uh, comedy and genuine fiction in anything related yeah, to Bigfoot. Like, um, I, I want to say it was an Animal Planet series where they were trying to find Bigfoot. Like, that series went on for, I want to say, you know, a good few seasons, right? Mm-hmm. You can't do that with Flat Earth, because all no, they do no, is... No, you would be like, done in one episode. Exactly. Like, uh, it's... I understand, like, the whole the whole point of, like, oh, I gotta find these cryptids, because I'm, I'm a cryptid enthusiast, too. I love cryptids. Mm-hmm. I think they're fun. But 
it's a lot easier to make a story about cryptids like uh, <coughs> lost tapes. Uh, but they're just inherently fascinating. Yeah, it's more fascinating than just, yeah, the earth is flat, guys. And then you just say, but what's that? And point to the curvature. And they just go, no, 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 no. That's the uh, ice. I also, not to mention, I think. I was, uh, I was, because there's, there's other facts that this I'll quickly summarize because we mentioned uh, gravity doesn't exist. Gravity cannot exist in any shape or fashion with their model because if you don't know something about gravity, gravity likes to pull things into spheres. That's why planets and everything else is round. Um, moon ain't real. Uh, yes. There's space denial. Uh, we never went to space. We can't go into space for arbitrary reasons. Never been. Uh, they also deny that there's anything underground. Um, th- their reasoning being that we can't go down there. So how would we know? Um, a lot of flat earthers tend to... Uh, there's this like... Um, I think it's a model of like how like the earth is uh, described in the Hebrew Bible where there's like the, the underworld that's under the earth. And some people use that as their justification, like a biblical justification that it's flat. Um, I don't know enough about the religious text to say that the Bible promotes flat earthism, but I'm going to say that it does not because by the time the Bible was being written, we know the earth yeah. wasn't flat. There's, there's a really funny thing. Um, so, uh, there are a lot of people, both flat earth enthusiasts and some just, just trying to dig at the Bible. The word used to describe the shape of the earth is somewhat vague, particularly considering we're talking about ancient Hebrew here. But it is interpretable as a sphere. Put in general so, of our server, the, the model that, I, that, I'm, that I'm referring to. Either way, they're, oh, definitely, okay, okay. they're definitely referring to something round. Yeah, wait a minute. That's round. That no, no, round. it's what no, it's fuck? flat. Don't you, don't you understand? <laughs> no, look. All right, see the the great deep. Yeah, right? this is this is another. This was a belief. People didn't know what the sky was, so they thought it was just water everywhere. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's a whole interesting other theory, but obviously that turned out to not be correct. Of course, in fairness, uh, how would you know what the fuck the sky is? Yeah. Unless you're listening to the people from a thousand years ago who were like, yeah, the, the earth is round. Uh, when somebody from like 1200 years ago goes, yeah, the earth is flat. Don't, 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 don't listen to them if they don't have any actual like science backing behind their ideas. Because people a long time ago yes. are, were not stupid. All the science is part of Big Globe. Yes, and you ta- you mentioned Christopher Columbus earlier. Before we go on to the next conspiracy thing, this, this gets peddled so often. It's a myth that I feel like I need to talk about it because it feels like a conspiracy theory sometimes. Christopher Columbus didn't think the Earth was small either, nor did he miscalculate the travel distance. That's a huge misnomer people always have about Christopher Columbus's journey. He planned to land on somewhere between what was known then as Sapengu, which was Japan. He planned to land on uncharted areas, islands, off the coast of Sepengu to, you know, restock and figure out what where the fuck he was. But when he landed there, he knew he was somewhere that no one had probably ever been, because of course he was finding native peoples who weren't as developed as those living in Sepengu would be. And after he started exploring and found that there were neighboring continents, he suddenly realized, oh fuck, there's a lot more here than we realized. And within a few years, there were maps starting to describe this new continent. But, like, on his first voyage, 
they he knew quite certainly he was not actually in Japan, China, or India, but at the same time, like, what's he supposed to think? Because they would probably have already claimed the islands, and nobody in his nation had ever really been able to explore Sepengu. But this is it's just an interesting thing that I see, see a lot of people talk about all the time for some reason. Hmm. So, uh, yes, he, what's yes, our what's what? our next uh, what's our next theory then? I mean, uh, we, well, we I, I feel like about... we dug pretty well into flat Earth. Yes, we have talked about Flat Earth. Uh, I could mention a little bit more about the Bigfoot thing, but I want to save as much Bigfoot-related stuff for a So You Think You Can Cryptid episode, even though I think there's God knows how much stuff to talk about related to Bigfoot, just because it's such a fun topic. Michael, why don't you give us one of yours, and I'll give one of mine. Okay, all right. Uh, I got. I feel. I feel like we should probably start off with um, probably one of the probably one of the more shorter ones, just to kind of get us into it. So this uh, this first one is uh, I I wanted to focus less on like conspiracy theories of the real world and more talk because we're yeah. we're a fan and podcast we talk about fan stuff I want to look into fan theories for popular shows so this first one is the real dad theory for Phineas and Ferb and basically the gist is that Doof and Daddy is the actual biological father of Phineas because of the way that the head shape is in the rest of the characters and their like character art, like Ferb's head is obviously with the father of the show. And Candace has very strong similarities to the structure that makes up the mom. But Phineas doesn't really line up with either of those, but he does line up with Doofenshmirtz who has a very triangular head. And the theory is that uh, because, like it in the in the show, uh, Phineas's mom did date Doctor Doofenshmirtz for a while, and it's it, the theory is that basically uh, he knocked her up and they broke off or something. Doofen, and, and that's just kind of the, the Doofenshmirtz doesn't theory. seem like the kind of guy to just abandon his own kid, though. Yeah, he isn't. Uh, which is why I said they broke up. Uh, and maybe he didn't know or something like I mean, maybe so first like the, the idea is basically mm. like firstly uh the son of a scientist explains why phineas is so intelligent but what about ferb and uh it also answers uh for okay ferb is like biologically speaking the child of the mom and their like and their their actual father who is like british uh, well, no, aren't this, they, this is strictly about Phineas marriages, weren't they? That's the whole point. Uh, of the situation that Ferb and Phineas are from different marriages, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they're from they're from different. Like, yeah, they're from different marriages, basically. It's okay. Very, very. It's very weird. But uh, like, basically, what it what the explanation is is just like the reason why Phineas is so intelligent, why he has so many funds, like so much money to do the crazy stuff he does, is because of Doctor Doofenshmirtz. Well, but hmm. but he also doesn't look like uh, hmm. Vanessa. Yeah the the main thing though that I'm thinking about the problem with that fan theory I I I would like that if there wasn't already a very canon explanation for where they get the money from. Yeah, th- no, I I get that. That's that's the whole point. The the it's a it's a fan theory. Of course, it's not. I'm yeah. not saying it's right. No, but my point it's is it's, it's missing a part of the show. They, the explanation is actually, you know, remember that roller coaster that started off the whole the whole yeah. show? They they mention in a throwaway line 
that they should have charged people more for the ride. So they were charging people to ride the roller coaster and the showrunners actually confirmed either during the run or after the run, all the money that they spent on all the other shit throughout that summer was earned from that one roller coaster Mm -hmm. thing. So yeah. that's why they have the money to do all that stuff. That one, the one thing, yeah, that's the, the one joke. throwaway. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, they have a this throwaway. Was, this line was written like a really long time ago. This was one of the popular theories before the show ended. Yeah, just because fair. it was like it, it made sense. And uh, just to just to give another one, uh, I felt like bringing this one up because we got to talk about it. It's you know we can't do anything without mentioning Garfield, right? Oh no. So this is the this is the October storyline or uh, the theory that Garfield is actually dying of starvation. Uh, in fall of 1989, Jim Davis produced a series of Halloween based comic strips about Garfield waking up in an abandoned house. When Garfield finally accepted that he was alone, he suddenly brought back he suddenly brought back to his owner John's house. Uh, naturally, this storyline had, of course, several readers, several readers question the meaning behind the strip. Uh, without, you know, the fact that it was just a fucking Halloween joke. Mm-hmm. But because of the surreal, uh, like the surreality of just the surrealism of it, yeah, the surrealism of it, people uh, commonly believe that Garfield was either slowly dying of starvation and like this was his dying dream or that Garfield died. And uh, the reason that this is the theory is that throughout the strip, uh, Garfield would often like have dreams regarding food and would constantly be begging John for the trademark dish of lasagna throughout this like Halloween strip. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, how, however, of course, this was a Halloween thing. This was supposed to be a joke. Uh, Jim Davis, after hearing the rumors, uh, had a good laugh for a really long time before basically just stating that like he wrote the entire strip because a common fear among his readers was that they didn't like being alone. <laughs> but be like just the like when you read the the comic without that context, it's like out of like without knowing the context of what happened. This is just like a random bunch of comic strips in 1989 done entirely in black and white, no color. And it is absolutely wild. That's kind of crazy. Oh yeah, it's it's one of the it's more one of the more wild theories because like, uh, like it it's just caught people off guard. Yeah, I I can see why it would. I thinking, well, there was um, okay, there's a really stupid fan theory for One Piece that keeps popping up in my head when you're talking about that stuff, but neither of you would get it. I can talk about it though if you want. Sorry, you can summarize the rule. Oh yeah, sure. Go ahead. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna need two pictures to illustrate to you both why that this is a fan theory. So there's a guy in One Piece. Okay, his his big mo is that he's a big sexy gangster guy. His name is Crocodile. Uh-huh. No last name, just Crocodile. Here's his picture. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Now, Crocodile is the main villain in what many people consider to be a very, very, very good arc in One Piece called the Alabasta Saga. Mm-hmm. And he is just an evil asshole. Literal definition of evil. He wants to take over a country, just kill countless people, gain ultimate power through a world-destroying super weapon. 
he he's a bad actor, bad dude, and he is infamous as being the first villain who really puts the main character Luffy on the ropes. He actually impales Luffy and literally drains him of all of his hydration and moisture and just leaves him for dead in a Jesus. quicksand pit. So he is super duper I want to kill Luffy, yeah. right? Like, absolutely, I want to kill the pirate named Monkey D. Luffy. He knows his name at this point. You'll you'll see why that's important soon. Now, there is another character in One Piece. His name, or her name, or their name. Uh, this person is Evenkov. Okay. This okay. person uh, has a special devil fruit power called the Hormone Hormone Fruit. And... Okay. In in this form, it's a he. Even Kov can literally use his hormones, and they're so powerful, they're so extremely potent. He can turn a seven foot tall Giga Chad Norse Viking dude into a giant titted supermodel in the thirty seconds. There's literally huh? a gif. Yo, yeah, he, he can do anything. He can make you super jacked. He can change your gender. He changes his own gender. He, this is, <laughs> this is even Cobb when he's a woman. It's so he's what such a goofy fuck? character. Yeah, no, it's really <laughs> fucked up. But okay, more spoilers for One Piece. If you're listening and you don't, you don't want to get spoiled for the Impel Down arc. Uh, Crocodile comes back after several hundred episodes of not being in the story, mm-hmm. right? And he sees Luffy again. He's like, you little fuck. You little fuck. And they're in big trouble. And Luffy and Evenkov are talking. They're like, holy shit, how do we get out of here? This crocodile asshole is really distracting. And then Evenkov looks at Crocodile and is like, yo, Croco boy. Been a while. And the, the everybody's like, you know each other? And Crocodile, normally stone cold, just deadly killer, looks really fucking nervous for some reason. And even Kov trolls him a little bit, and he's like, hmm, sure, you know, it sure would suck if you did something dumb. I'd have to tell everybody about that thing, you know, that thing that happened. I, I, I sure don't want to have to tell everybody about that thing that happened. And Crocodile looks, like, really, really embarrassed. I think he actually is drawn with, like, a blush on his face. He's so pissed off and embarrassed. And because of this, and because of the fact that Crocodile just has black hair presumably people have the fan theory that crocodile is luffy the main character's mother what this was yes yes huh but crocodile shifted genders from a female pirate to a male pirate because there is a subtext that women are not treated the same way as men in one piece now this is really a crack theory this is this isn't terribly serious I, i can get the gender change that at least makes sense but why luffy's mom but <laughs> yeah, like I was about to say like that. Okay. Like the whole, the whole gender thing. I was like, okay, you know, maybe, maybe he just wanted to like hoe out a little bit, go, go suck some big dick and not get questioned about it. Right. Right. No, right. he just, he, he sucked. He fucked and he had a child and it was like, ah, shit. Got to kill the baby. Yeah. That, I mean the whole mother thing, I think that's absolutely just always a crack theory. I think it would be really interesting though, if he was actually born a woman and then, asked Evenkov, hey, can you make me a man? It would be I, a I mean, lot easier for me. That would be that would be base as fuck, but you know. 
I think the other the other reason know. that people have this fan theory is if you look at a drawing of young crocodile in One Piece, it's, it looks kind of ambiguously gendered. Most mm. characters are very like distinctly boy or girl as a as right. a child, except for crocodile. Crocodile looks a, a little neutral, but um, yeah, I I don't know. I I think the fan theory of him changing genders is a. Uh, interesting the mom thing though is just it cracks me up every time it's a constant in joke in the one piece fandom that crocodile was luffy's mother now i have one more crack theory before i yes. let you matt take over with your yes. conspiracy all right mm-hmm. you guys yes. watch scooby-doo right yes who doesn't love scoobert i love scoobert do do you know what colored shirt shaggy wears it changes it depends do you yeah okay well do you, do you have you ever wondered why Shaggy changes uh, like his shirt to red? Does he have doppelgangers? No, actually. The theory is that after the events that haven't happened yet in the Scooby-Doo timeline, the group gets split up and Shaggy, Scooby and Scrappy travel to the US doing temp jobs. Since the group split up, Shaggy had to take on a new identity. Simply buying new clothes wasn't enough for him to go unrecognized. But all right, this is where the real crazy shit goes, all right? You gotta follow along with me. Mm-hmm. After those events come, after you know the whole gang splits up mm-hmm. and all the and they start doing temp jobs, Shaggy blows all of his money on a new car to drive into the deep south <laughs> and retrieve his inheritance in Scooby Doo and the Boo Brothers. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. All right. Gotta all get right. that money. After right, taking right. all the money, Shaggy foolishly blows all the money on a different newer car. He searches for a new job, finally finding one as a coach at Miss Grimwood's fin- uh, finishing school. In Scooby-Doo and the Ghoul School. Shaggy is then spotted by one of the student's fathers, Count Dracula himself, who turns Shaggy into a werewolf so he can compete in his savage, (laughs) barbaric, deadly race. Shaggy does escape and returns to human form, but he enters a time vortex in the process. He's then sent back to the past, the future Scooby-Doo movies, which is why he's in the same economic state in Zombie Island. In conclusion, Shaggy is a slave to time travel and must live out an endless existence in full loop, never tasting the sweet taste of death. Every time you watch a Scooby-Doo movie, it's just another iteration of his endless existence, all for your petty entertainment. That's hilarious. I love that. Oh, we should mention the ashes in a coma theory. Oh my uh, god, that, that one was, was That was big. one of the smaller ones that I like I kind of looked over. It's just like it's one of the ones like like everyone knows. I do have one of the everyone knows theories because it's one of my favorite theories, but we'll get into that when we get there. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to let you take over, Matt. All right. I so want I want to hear your theories. We'll, 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 we'll cycle back around to Sergio actually after mine because I haven't done a specific one that I planned on yet. And then we'll oh, get okay. back to Sergio because I don't think we've done the one that he specifically planned on doing. Although I think Flat Earth yeah. kind of covers some of it. Mm. <clears throat> so mine, you, uh, everybody has probably heard of God, I'm assuming. Yeah, I know that guy. All right, have you heard of computers? Yes. Mm, no. Okay. Well, Michael, there's this thing called a computer. Okay. It's a rock. Okay. It's a rock that we tricked into thinking. Got it? You got okay. that? All right. All right. Rock that we tricked into thinking. God. Bring them together. You get something called Temple OS. Written by the deliverer of the words of God, Terry A. Davis. Now, this this is a famous comedic 
thing in a lot of ways because of just how absurd it is. But um, th- th- there's a lot of sadness to this too, so I won't I won't meme it around too much. But once upon a time, back in the 90s, there was a man named Terry A. Davis, and he was working as just a, a basic layout programmer for things that were coming up. And he really wanted to make his own OS. Critically, a lot of people don't realize this. Critically, he did not want to make an OS that was the end-all, be-all OS in the beginning. Terry A. Davis originally created the concept of something called Lustos, Luz, L-O-S-E-T-H-O-S. And that was his own OS system that he was creating. And it's very, very impressive what he did. But he never actually intended for Lustos to be a full, solely, single operating system. There's many, 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 many stories of him going onto message boards all over the place talking about Lustos. And we'll, I'll get to why he's, he's in the conspiracy stuff in a little bit here. But he wanted Lustos to be a coding operating system. And he actually recommended to run it in a virtual machine alongside something like Mac, Linux, or Microsoft's Windows. So he actually doesn't intend it to be its own thing. Despite, contrary, later on, uh, he wanted to turn this Lustos OS after years and years of scorn on the internet and being called an asshole idiot and having strange, strange decisions. Um, one of the big things that started to really tell the world he was a strange person is he would make literally thousands of message board posts, literally thousands, and interspersed amongst all of them are randomly generated phrases following the statement God says. So one of him, I actually have it pulled up right here on his old Reddit account that has been archived now. Uh, This is the whole thing word for word. God exists. Have you heard the story? Three men were being executed. First was placed in the guillotine, rope pulled, stuck, goes free. Second was placed in the guillotine, rope pulled, stuck, goes free. Third said, I see the problem. Then it goes on to say, God says, dot, 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 sweetly here, wretchedness imparts discoverable shudder, becoming devours, rising suppose, foot philosophy, differently melodies, estimated passes, word, 16th, thereto, strife, joineth, suspicions, lusts, mystery, liker. This goes on for another 50 words of equally obtuse, strange nature. And he has hundreds of posts that involve this God says thing. So somewhere around the 90s or the early 2000s, he became wildly enamored with God, the Bible, and religion. Obsessed with it, in fact. And when this happened, people took an interest in in his posting, and he slowly revealed his own history through streams he would do about his OS, which went from Lustos to Temple OS. Temple for Temple of God, of course. And it turned out he was very definitively schizophrenic and not getting his medica- medication that he needed. He was living with his parents. And my God, this man was absolutely infatuated with conspiracies of all kinds. Of course, being schizophrenic, he's going to have theories about people chasing him and coming after him. And if you've ever heard the term glow in the dark, a glowy from 4chan or anywhere on the internet, it's this guy. Terry A. Davis originated the term glowy. Uh, this is in reference to CIA agents that would, in his own mind, literally glow in the dark in his room, 
in his house on the road when he was driving and he would emphatically passionately describe many instances where he would run over and kill glow-in-the-dark CIA and we're going to use the word ninjas okay that's not the word he used there's another n-word with the uh sound coming after it maybe ending in an er that mm. he would use to describe CIA agents. So he runs over glow-in-the-dark CIA ninjas. Very passionate about that. It's a great pastime for him. And he rigorously tells all of his audience members about this every time he does a stream. And he is totally casual about saying sh- stuff like uh, ninjas, other racial slurs, constantly. No problem with it. So in addition to being very, 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 very religiously deluded into his own mind, believing he's hearing God all the time. Uh, He is also wildly racist. Not into the Pacific Northwest Ku Klux Klan stuff, just really racist. Just hates anybody who's not white. Absolute despising of all of them. Not an anti-Semite, funnily enough. But... When he was making this temple OS, he did it with the express purpose of believing God was talking to him. So he would design this program according to to him in the, the descriptions of God. So he thinks he's basically been given uh, the Ten Commandments, like the Ten Lines of Code, and just did that. And he, in his own words, I can't remember the exact phrase, I forgot to copy it down, uh, God's perfect image is in 640 by 480 in 16-bit color. His own words. That's amazing. It's beautiful. It's absolutely I, wonderful. I genuinely have that like on like a shirt or something. That is actually a really good quote. God exists in 640 by 480 in 16-bit color. That's yeah. a good quote. But um, the main the main thing I wanted to mention about this because I uh, I'd recently done some research back on him and I finished up the the down the rabbit hole video about him again. It's actually kind of a sad story because he's dead now. Uh, he was hit by a train, believed to be suicide. He spent I think six months to a year living on the street after he'd spent uh, the previous 10, 15 years of his life streaming constantly, showing the world Temple OS and all the things that he'd done. He was actually, underlying all of the schizophrenic conspiracy theory nature, actually a very dedicated, genius-level programmer. He didn't just make his own OS. He made his own coding language to go with the OS. And not only did he make his own OS and a coding language, he made his own compiler for everything Jesus in the Christ. OS. He didn't just make an OS. He made... He basically started from fucking square one and worked his way back from there. You know that guy, um, Primitive something? There's a there's a original guy and then a bunch of copy co- copycats. Like, it's a, a YouTube who, channel where you like where he makes, like, houses and stuff out of, like, mud. Yeah, and no words, play, just yeah. subtitles, and it's, like, really yeah, informative no, survival it, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I watch that stuff just because I like the time lapses, the relaxing yeah, Im- to listen to. Imagine if that guy literally invented his own descriptors his own ideas of how to remake pottery and his own steel like that guy on the youtube channel he reads survival books and uses those recipes terry a davis basically did all that without reading any books about it he didn't copy anything else 
he didn't even use anything else really as inspiration. He did everything entirely on his own. That doesn't mean Temple OS is a terribly amazingly feature-rich OS. It had no networking capabilities at all. It was very susceptible to viruses, and it literally literally could not be connected to anything. It had no internet functionality at all. No networking at all. You wanted to print off of it? Nope. Can't do that. Can't do anything at all. Now, my question is, where where is the conspiracy theory part of this? Well, the conspiracy theory is the fact that he's he was just obsessed with conspiracy theories his entire life. There is a a funny thing at the end here. Um, 4chan, of course, was obsessed with this man and probably also led a lot to his mental downfall. Uh, There are a lot Mm. of people on 4chan who believe he was killed by the government, killed by the CIA for who knows what. Well, he found out that they were glowing. Posed a threat to the government. Oh yeah. Well, he he did expose them for glowing in the dark. But um, yeah, the bioluminescence. But uh, I suppose I suppose I'm using this more as a segue of uh, conspiracy related stuff to say if somebody has schizophrenia, try to get them some help. Uh, they are real people underneath what may be perceived as insane schizophrenia, really wildly insane tendencies. My sympathy goes out to people who have that because uh. One thing that made me sort of change my, my tone on him, there's actually a video of people who found him when he was living on the streets and they treated him to some McDonald's and they didn't talk about him in front of him. They didn't talk to him. They talked with him for like two or three hours in the McDonald's. And what really kind of pulls at my heartstrings a little bit is Terry A. Davis, literally like a couple months before he died after having speech impediment problems and probably committing suicide in front of a train due to his low quality of life, due to the schizophrenia, this in this McDonald's, he actually has a really incredibly lucid, intelligent conversation with these young guys who found him. And he just basically shoots the shit with them for three hours about his whole life as a programmer. That's and wild, man. I found that very sort of profound and surreal to think that he could still be that lucid, that deep down the hole of being a racist and schizophrenic conspiracy theorist for his whole life. Hmm. But anyways, off of that depressing note, what's the uh, next one? All right. So, which, so the first one it? I'm going to touch on is uh, a very, a very uh, sort of famous, um, uh, not uh, a fictional conspiracy, and I have a, I have a real one. So, have any of you guys ever heard of the Tommy Westfall universe or the Tommy Westfall hypothesis? Oh, I remember hearing the name. I don't know what it means though. I okay, Never so there that. there was this drama show on uh, on NBC um, called Saint Elsewhere, and it was about a about a hospital. You've probably never heard of it. It aired, it aired in the eight, from eighty two to eighty eight. Um, so obviously, it's not something we were. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, yeah, we're privy, we were privy to. to. But, we weren't. But we weren't the, a part the of fina- uh, the finale of the um, of the show implies that perhaps. Because uh, the, the 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 main character has an autistic son, and um, he he tells him to go like 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 oh, come down for dinner, and he the autistic son pl- places his uh um his snow globe up on the on the table, and bef- right before this, uh, the dad's talking about how his son is always in his own head, and he never knows what he's thinking, and he won't talk to him, and when it zooms on the snow globe, it's the hospital, and. The, the, the one of the the takeaways from this is that perhaps the events of the show were all in his head. 
Now, in 2002, uh, a man who you may know, Dwayne McDuffie, of Static Shock fame and Ben 10 and Justice League Unlimited, tons of comic books, um, created the Tommy Westfall Hypothesis. It is a joke. Um, it is a parody basically using uh, the fallacy of reductio ad absurdum uh, to, jo- to, to basically lampoon people who uh, make fictional continuities based on guest appearances. So um, how this works is basically six degrees of separation. So, for example, two characters on, of St. Elsewhere uh, appeared on the show Homicide Life on the Street. And if you remember from our crossover episode where I talked about the character of John Munch, uh, who crossed over onto the Law and Order, X-Files, uh, 30 Rock, The Wire, Sesame Street, a whole bunch of other shows. So basically, it creates this big jumbled universe that you create by um, stacking guest appearances and crossovers into things into a variety of different um things basically so interesting so like so like 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 so like for example uh if you check uh general this is a a a sort of map um of the of the theory everything touching has a reference to something like the x-files is the big thing here because that's oh my god yeah because just like various references and characters um like, for example, uh, there's an X-Files reference in Breaking Bad, and in The Walking Dead also references Breaking Bad, which then c- connects it to that as well. Like, we're, we're talking, like, it doesn't have to be, like, direct crossovers. Easter eggs and any sort of references um, add on to this. Um, like the Pixar yeah. theory, basically. Oh, I didn't even notice on the, the separate Law and Order universe how it connects to the, the CW-verse through Arrow. Oh, that's fucked. <laughs> but 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 yeah. Basically, if you stretch that's it hard enough, wild. you can basically get any fiction into uh, this universe. It's kind of like the 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 picture where it's like you can't you can't unconnect your favorite series from Fortnite. Yeah, I remember some. This is why this is this this is what's familiar about this to me. I think fucking game theory did this with video yeah. games. Like all video game characters are in the same universe somehow. Mainly through Smash Bros. and yeah. PlayStation All-Stars, but any Easter egg, too. Because of Fortnite. Because Fortnite says that all of its things come from a <laughs> multiverse, and they specifically show a map where the MCU, Star Wars, and DC exist in one place, and there are Marvel Fortnite comics and DC Fortnite comics. So, at least according to Fortnite, yes, Indeed, oh. almost every fictional property is in 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 the grand multiverse scheme of things. That's terrifying. Could you imagine if there actually was a multiverse like that, and we had to live with shit like that—just people popping in and out of the fucking sky? Yeah. Um. Obviously, this like this it. is ridiculous because that's the whole point. It it is ridiculous. It's ridiculous to just it is to insanity. say like every single little reference to something is uh, a reason for it being in the, the same universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let, like, it's fun, though. Yeah. Very funny. It, yeah, Because, like, like for example, uh, in Star Trek Deep Space Nine, because I was just on the Tommy Westfall wiki, in Star Trek Deep Space Nine, they, they mention oh, no. a hologram of a human being who lives in the 60s. And on a show called Vegas, 
uh, as a reference to Star Trek Deep Space Nine, uh, they made him a real person. So therefore, according to the Tommy Westfall universe, the show Vegas is in the same universe as Star Trek because they're talking about the same person. And you can see, you can see like how just like you're really stretching here, but it's kind of fun to make these connections, even if it's just ridiculous to, to uh, make the assumption that everything is in, in the same universe. Yeah. No, that's funny. I like that. Very fun. Oh yeah. Uh, I actually, yes. I, I was actually going to mention because that's a good segue about connected universe. I was actually going to talk about the Pixar theory. Oh, nice. Because uh, I I stumbled upon it when I was bored one night, and I was like, oh, oh, that actually that's kind of wild. So for those of you who don't know what the Pixar theory is, basically it says that every single Pixar movie is connected and shares the same universe. And it all starts in the 14th to 15th century with Brave, where Merida discovers the Will of the Wisps, or magic. The magic turns her mother into a bear. The magic also is why animals and inanimate objects behave like humans. And the magic is utilized by a witch who mysteriously vanishes through wooden doors. Hmm. Eventually, from the, ma- the magic of the Wisps would lead to the birth of superheroes, which leads us into The Incredibles. Now, uh, in this, of course, now it's, we're in the 1950s to the 60s. Superheroes maintain order in the world, but Buddy, a wannabe superhero, created two things for the demise of superpowered humans. Self-serving AI bots like the Omnidroid and the high-tech zero-point energy, electromagnetic energy that exists in a vacuum. This is the pivotal moment where we see machines eradicating their only threat, supers. And of course, this has now been like kind of debunked a little bit because of The Incredibles 2 and what happens at the end of The Incredibles 2. But there are, there's definitely been ways uh, who, that have been like kind of Yeah. Eventually, though, uh, because of these machines growing sentient, toys absorb and draw the powers of the zero-point energy, unseen energy that travels in wavelengths, which co- brings us to Toy Story. Toys, uh, of course, the first sign of life from toys are now present due to Syndrome's technological prowess. The story takes place in 97 to 98, and toys, sentient objects, come up with a code of rules and learn that human love is another energy source upon which they thrive. These toys discover what happens to toys that are isolated from humans. Next up is, of course, Toy Story 2, which takes place in 99. The toys discover that it is dangerous for them to be isolated from humans. We start to see inanimate objects question their purpose in life. For example, Jessie resents her owner, Emily, for abandoning her. Resentment towards humans was not only carried by inanimate objects, but by animals as well. Which brings us into Finding Nemo. In the ocean, we find that fish are incredibly advanced, that they have schools, a network, and a freeway system. We discover that humans are polluting the earth and experimenting on them. Doria was one of the animals that was experimented on, which is why she is forgetful. There are signs of resentment growing towards humans for polluting the environment, stealing fish, and caging them. Animals begin to be more curious and carry more human human characteristics. Next up is, of course, Ratatouille. Uh, in Ratatouille, Remy discovers his love for cooking and displays human characteristics. Some of them are walking on his hind paws, cleaning his hands, reading, and cooking. This is the first time we see personal interaction between human and animal, but it is for the purpose of controlling humans. 
Remy controls Linguini because Linguini does not know how to do anything. We see that Remy's rat clan does not approve of the humans and feels both fear and hate towards them. Jumping now back to 2010 with Toy Story 3. Uh, three years later, toys have gone through a lot with humans. If you've seen the movie, you can tell why most of the toys have had it, being abused physically and emotionally by humans. Lots of the hug and bear straight up hates humans because they use and discard toy objects like they are nothing. He starts trying to take care of his own kind. This provides yet another reason why machines and objects alike are ready to take over. Carl and Ellie write to Andy, telling him to get rid of his toys because they know the animosity between uh, the animosity between toys and humans coming ahead, and that is why they're planning to leave in solitude. And there is actual like there is an actual card, like uh, a postcard from Ellie and Carl that is pinned up by Andy in Toy Story Three. Uh, speaking of Carl, uh, let's talk about Up. Carl is forced to give up his house to a corporation, BNL to be exact, because they are expanding the city. This is foreshadowing this corrupt this corporation is the cause for pollution and is wiping out life in the distant future. As a result of techno, uh, technology overreach, Carl discovers that hum- animals can communicate with humans and sees the bitterness that they have. Charles Muntz effectively trains an army of dogs. This is the start of the tipping point between animals and humans. Years later, the uprising between animals and humans begins. Who do you think won that war? And now this is a fun one because we're going into cars. Uh, When animals rose up against the humans to stop the pollution, the machines saved the humans and they won the war. However, since machines helped humans win, it tipped the balance on Earth. Machines slash BNL had to send the remaining humans off into space on a ship called Axiom. All of the other machines were left behind to populate the world and run things. But how do we know cars took over Earth and not another planet? Obviously, with the amount of, like, you know, human things and that are around. But uh, funny thing, the creative director for Cars confirmed that Cars overthrew humanity. Oh. It is, it is actually, oh, like... fucked. It, <laughs> yeah. Cars overthrew humanity because we kept making them smarter and smarter. Uh, I'm not going to talk about Cars 2 because Cars 2 is like legitimately just a non-canon story. Like it's it Cars 3 literally retcons Cars 2 out of existence and it's funny. Uh, But what happens in Cars 2 is that there is a fuel that makes it unsafe. uh, It makes it like that makes the whole world basically unfit for human life, like for any life, including cars, which brings us into Wally. Uh, of course, with Earth becoming inha- uninhabitable for hundreds of years due to BNL, the corporation took over the world slash government starting in 1950. Ellie, not sorry, not Ellie. A Wally is the only machine left on Earth after it ran out of resources. He survived because he is fascinated with human culture and also his friendship with the cockroach, which helped maintain his personality and fulfillment. Robots slash machines on Axiom, having left Earth centuries earlier, show that machines develop a sense of purpose out of the human's dependency on them. Wally is a robot Jesus, and he and his love, the appropriately named Eve, save the human race and start a new beginning on Earth again. During the credits of Wally, we see the shoe that contains the last of plant life, and it grows into a mighty tree. And because life is now flourishing back on Earth, we jump into a bug's life. That same plant we see in Wally grew to be a tree in the bug's life. 
Insects have a longer lifespan in a bug's life. Prior to Wally, an ant can just last about three months. However, in a bug's life, these ants all survive an entire summer and allude to being around for quite some time. One ant states that he feels 90 once again. This indicates that ants are sturdier as a result of evolution and mutated genes. Another ant tells Flick not to leave the island because there are snakes, birds, and bigger bugs out there. They do not mention humans because there are very few humans to make it dangerous enough for insects to worry about. However, one kid did allegedly pick the wings off of the homeless bug. Later in the distant future, animals start evolving into the dominant species, and that brings us into Monsters University. Basically, animals have transformed into monsters, and uh, they've kind of come into a bit of like an energy crisis. Uh, they're basically told, hey, humans are toxic, and they're actually from another dimension. Uh, this was because monsters are actually like are actually afraid about being erased from existence and altering history. And it's basically said that monsters time travel to collect their energy through the doors. And that brings us to Boo. Boo is the like glue that makes all of this happen. She is she is the connective tissue to this secret little world. Uh, Boo discovered that wood was the source of energy all along, and that's why she's able to make doors. That, that, like, that's why she makes wooden doors. Uh, Flick and uh, Heimlich from A Bug's Life show up in Toy Story 2 because of time travel. Uh, the Why did Queen Eleanor turn into a bear? Because that was Boo's failed attempt at bringing Sully back. All of this was done because Boo was just, you know, really crazy. She wanted to go see her kitty again and created a door that accidentally sent her back in time. Hmm, interesting. But what about the final shot of Monsters, Inc.? You see, it's just, like, meant to be a sort of, like... Yeah, like that that final shot does exist. But who's to say that that, you know, we don't know how old she is, right? Well, it sounds like a child though. Exactly, but we don't know how old she like we don't know how old she got. Like the witch in uh Brave who is supposedly supposed to be Boo. Like she learned time travel and we can assume that it was probably a lot later in life because of the wooden doors and stuff. And that's how she discovered it. Mm-hmm. But Pixar theory is a crazy, crazy theory. It is one of the more wild theories that is out there. I think it may um, be the wild theory. I don't think there's anything is, quite as wild as it ever. I don't know. I feel like there are some out there theories. Uh, like a lot of them are just kind of odd. Like that uh, the SpongeBob episode SpongeHenge was actually supposed to be the like the finale to uh to SpongeBob like it was actually supposed to be the ending to the like SpongeBob as it is because um basically what ends up happening is they like all the all the all the fish in this society don't re- like don't realize basically like they don't have a good sense on reality. And the moment that they snap to reality, their entire world crumbles. And the only one left to wander the wastelands 
of this world is SpongeBob after he builds the sponge henge. And it's like there's a lot of like really weird SpongeBob theories. Like you can look them up on YouTube. Uh they're they're just they're just really weird. Kind of wild. Tri- yeah, they they are kind of wildin'. It's it's absolutely insane. I, I love these kind of like theories that are just kind of like they're not meant to like explain something. They're just meant to sort of make the uh, like increase the enjoyment of like the series that you're watching. And sometimes fan theories are actually pretty spot on. Uh, I'm not sure if you remember this, but uh, Gravity Falls, that amazing, amazing show. So. There was a running theory for a long, like people were starting to pick up on this, that Stan had a twin brother and Alex search, the creator of gravity falls basically saw it and was like, Oh fuck, we can't let them figure that out before we actually reveal it. So what they did was they pulled the crew into like this room, basically discussed like, how do we, how do we throw them off? And they had the perfect scapegoat. They made an entire fake image made a fake leak in the studio at Disney of uh, old man McGucket being the author of the journals and not Stan's twin brother. It is the most absolutely insane thing in the world. And the fact that the crew like basically sat down were like, yes, this theory is right. How do we get them off our trail? So that way, like they can like, they can still feel like they are right without us outwardly saying, you know, you're wrong. But like, we could at least get them off the trail for just a tiny bit. That's really funny. That's really, it is really so funny. based. I, there's an entire epic. video on YouTube uh, with it, with, I believe, one of the creative directors discussing it. It's like basically what they did was they they leaked this image onto like Reddit and they just let it sit there for a day and then they removed it. God, it is funny. so based. That's really I love funny. Alex Hirsch. I wish I could do that. If I make something and fans are on the on the right path, I would like to do that. I'm gonna finish my uh, uh, my last uh, conspiracy theory here, and then we'll wrap things up. But I just wanted to go back to Tommy Westfall for a second because I was looking at it. I found that it does actually uh, like connect to the Disney live action Zach and Cody verse, but. Uh, it also connects to Power Rangers through Doctor Who, because there's an episode of Mighty Morphin where the coordinates for Gallifrey are written down on a piece of paper. Wait, really? Yes. No fucking way. Yes. That's that's insane. Also, in an episode of uh, Power Rangers in Space, uh, TJ and Cassie investigate a planet in the Dagobah system, thus connecting it to Star Wars in a way. Uh, I need to look this up real quick. Nope. So... The whole, uh, the whole Gallifrey thing about it being in Power Rangers. I need to, like... So, I have proof, and it's linked to an image. Tell me these aren't the coordinates of Gallifrey. The picture ju- does not have the entire coordinates, but do- the whole thing is mentioned in the episode Green Courage on Power Rangers Lost Galaxy. Oh, yeah, it was Lost Galaxy. Power Rangers Lost Galaxy. Uh, that was a fun show. So, so, the coordinates to Gallifrey are... Like I'm trying to, I I'm, I need to go back. To, I need to find what the coordinates to Gallifrey are. The coordinates to Gallifrey are ten zero eleven zero 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 two. Uh, and you 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 actually can see it. 
Uh, it says 1100 by 02 from Galactic Zero, which is honestly pretty based. I didn't know that was a thing. That's a really clever Easter egg. It is, as the kid would say, quite Very epic. epic. Now, for my conspiracy theory, um, obviously I didn't want to talk about the real QAnon because that's a, that's a big political rabbit hole uh, that I don't want to get into on the So You Think You Can Fan It podcast, but a country's politics we can't talk about is Russia. Now, are all of you Uh-oh. familiar with the Soviet Union? No. Yes. Now, what I'm if sorry, I... Told- yes, I am. Yeah. Now, 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 now Matt... The Soviet Union dissolved in, like, what, 1991 yes. and became the Russian Federation? Yeah, somewhere around there. L- Lies. A little bit after the end of the 80s. Falsehoods. So, <clears throat> a group who calls themselves the Union of Slavic Forces of Russia, or the USSR, also known as the Home in the USSR, the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, the Citizens of the USSR, the Government of the USSR, Soviet Citizens, Witnesses of the USSR, or Necro-Communists, or Necromancers, are a movement in Russia that begins, that believes the following things. One, the Russian Federation, you know, the country of Russia, is not a country. It's an LLC. The Soviet Union still exists. Three, there are no documents on the dissolution of the USSR. Four, the Russian Constitution is only a draft. The voting for it was illegitimate. And number five, the government of the Russian Federation is an offshore company registered in Delaware and is remotely controlled by the United States. Holy shit. So the guy who started this, whose name is Sergei Taraskin, funnily enough, uh, was his, is also called Fire God Taraskin, an owner of the universe, claims that he is uh, a citizen of the USSR, um, a descendant of the Russian Empire, um, a descendant of Alexander the Great, going all the way back in this, um, and when he was getting evicted from his house he re- like in court he refused because he is the president of the soviet union um the emperor and commander in chief of the russian empire and he also said that in world war uh that he had a plan to stop world war 3 um <clears throat> and basically how he was going to stop nato from taking over russia was that he promised 10 kilograms of gold for anybody who could kill a world leader or a general and he also has control of the, the revived KGB who will take you out if you don't listen to him. Funnily enough, there is a German oh, version of this called the Reichsburgers. Uh, instead of believing that the Soviet Union exists, they think the Third Reich still exists. And also, the Federal Republic of Germany is another shell company being controlled by the United States. Um these people are just generally out of their mind and are a nuisance for Russian law enforcement and the government because they, they don't follow laws and they just do whatever because they believe that they're the the citizens of the USSR. We also have something like this called the Sovereign Citizens that I just recently learned about. Um, there's also another uh, person in this movie whose name is also Sergei. Uh, he, pr- he, he lived with his mother and he proclaimed himself Jesus Christ. Quetzalcoatl. Thoth, and the interim head of the um, Novosibirsk Oblast, 
Uh, if you are not in Russia, I don't know what an oblast is. Think of it as a province. The way they have things set up there is very different than in the West. Um, but this guy, uh, claiming to be Jesus, um, basically he made like a movement and he was like, yeah, if you pay me a bunch of rubles, you can join the USSR. Um, he wrote a book called the second Jesus coming of Jesus Christ, which, which is him. Um, and he also did a couple other things like, um, once he renewed the USSR, he's going to make it a kingdom of God. Uh, he, uh, does, uh, Pope Francis, um, not a real religious figure. Uh, Putin is the antichrist. Um, and instead of the Bible and Quran, we're supposed to read from the 1977 USSR constitution. Huh. Hey, I can get behind the Putin thing. <laughs> yeah, I can get behind the Putin thing. But you lost me on everything else, buddy. Man. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. He might he might be on to something. Well, I had I know, a, we I can't had really be sure. Fun. Maybe we should uh maybe we should let him do what he wants and then we'll see if he's the right from <laughs> there. You know? Just, yeah, just give well, him a chance. Yeah. I look, I I think we had a lot of fun. I, I know I like talking about dumb conspiracy theories and dumb. I want to talk about the cryptids now. That'll be a hilarious. Yeah. Episode. Okay. Yeah. We could do the we could do the cryptids. Uh, maybe in Hall- maybe for like October. Maybe we could do like Ooh. a bunch of cryptid stuff then. Maybe. Like a like a fan fiction where you fuck a Bigfoot, so we can have you read more like fifty minutes of hardcore <laughs> smut where you fuck Bigfoot. Anyways, <laughs> welcome. Anyways, thank you for listening to this podcast. Always remember, I am what else is the arrows, sends this nice. See if you lamps here, it opens us all off. See you.